Welcome to Esoterotica's Sensual Evolution, November 11th, 2020. It is undeniable that our sensuality and sexuality grow and evolve as we do, and sometimes in the most amusing ways. This week we offer a short and sweet show, and after the exertion the last week has been for us Americans, that seems just about what we need. We open our show with a message that is always timely. This is Just Shannon with Go Fuck Yourself. I'm so glad Ame and I are so close in height so I don't have to do like major mic height changes. (laughs) Um, So I have a friend or two who are their own best lay. They invest a lot of time and effort into the very worthy task of getting themselves off exactly the way they want to. Um, And generally, they wind up more satisfied than they do being with partners. And I think that's pretty hot. So this piece is inspired by them. It's called Go Fuck Yourself. (laughs) Touch yourself. Love yourself. Baby, go fuck yourself. Not that quick fix with a five-minute X-rated vid while you squeeze out a bit or twiddle your clit just to help sleep come more quickly. Don't come quickly. No, baby, give yourself a treat. Take the time to stroke out a slow beat. Build yourself up. Then turn yourself down. Tease yourself, deny yourself, so that you can surprise yourself. Yeah, that's hot. I love people. I love people who film themselves self-loving and never show anyone the video. Just getting off at being filmed even by themselves and maybe saving it for the next night they feel like treating themselves right. I love people who wear strap-ons with vibrating bullets against their clits so they can stroke their cocks and come again and again. I love people who can lay on their backs, throw their legs up over their heads and suck themselves off. No need for a friend. Yeah, that's hot. Let me watch. Or don't. I don't need to see. I'm happy just imagining each and every one of you alone, making yourself scream like only you can do. When's the last time you took care of yourself? I mean, really took care of yourself. The last time you pushed yourself a little bit far and came a little bit harder for the effort and heart you put into it all alone really did your part to keep yourself satisfied. The last time you gave into the urge to do something a little more strange or revisited that new thing you did once, then retreated to the safety of same. When's the last time you had nothing to do, so you spent some quality time doing you? I hope you're thinking about it right now. (laughs) What's your style? Do you fuck yourself well? Does it ebb and flow slowly, gently, like the sound of the ocean in a shell? Or is it more like a crash, a smashing of waves, something you secretly relive for days in your head, giggling at the memory, sighing contentedly while no one around you knows why? Yeah, that's hot. Touch yourself, love yourself. Baby, go fuck yourself and make it good. Make it understood that your body is capable of great pleasure and you are free to stroke that treasure as you please. Enjoy the freedom and the freedom in your head. Explore sexual limits while lying alone in your bed. Amongst all that comfort and safety, you might find something new within you. (laughs) Maybe you already have. That's hot. Touch yourself. Love yourself. Baby, go fuck yourself.
evolution can take place where we and others least expect it. This is Ollie. When I was younger, I was an explorer, a seeker of lost and hidden treasure. My favorite places to explore were my parents' bedrooms. I say rooms because they were divorced, but that just doubled the number of nooks and crannies I was able to put my uninvited nose into. My favorite treasure was lost and hidden knowledge. When I was 14, I went on an expedition under the guest bed in my dad's house, and I found the holy grail of forbidden wisdom. Xavius Supersex, Guide for the Happy Hooker. It was a masterful tome, and it was everything my hormone-saturated brain could wish for. A literal step-by-step guide on the how-tos and what-fors of sex. Not a dusty sermon on the morality of it. Not a raging thesis on the geopolitical implications it would have on my developing feminist psyche. And thank all the gods, not a clinical medical depiction of the act and the myriad of ways it could get me killed, or worse, pregnant. No, here was an honest-to-goddess how-to manual, explaining in plain text how to have sex and, more importantly, how to enjoy it. It taught you everything what a clitoris was, how to stimulate it, how to get your partner to stimulate it, how to stimulate your partner or partners, the joys and actual purpose of natural lubrication, and what to do if that wasn't an option. It had tongue exercises on both cunnilingus and fellatio. It even discussed the importance and procedures of proper hygiene, before, during, and after anal. And sweet goddess, it was written by a woman, a woman who had the blessedly beautiful thought that other women should know how to enjoy their bodies to the fullest, on their terms, and in any way they desired. I did not read this book. I devoured it. And I have no doubt that it is directly responsible for my reclamation not only of my orgasm, but of my full sense of sexual autonomy, which was something that had been taken from me far too early. But armed with the wet, smutty wisdom in that beautiful pulp paperback, I made a decision. No matter what. I was never going to be made to feel ashamed about my choice to enjoy sex or any choice I made not to. In fact, years later, when I chose to dispense with my virginity, I very much credit this book and the research expedition it sent me on with my first time being a joyful event full of love and, yes, plenty of orgasms. That's right, darling. Orgasms, plural. Not even my boyfriend at the time knew that was a thing. But I have to admit, when I found the book, I did feel guilty about one thing. 
that I had essentially broken into my father's personal space and stolen his property. Being an ex-Catholic since the age of four, I really needed to tell somebody. Now, any hack psychologist worth his elbow pads can explain why it was not going to be my father. So instead, I called my mother and told her what I found upstairs under her ex-husband's bed. I expected her to be shocked. I was prepared for her to be angry. I was even ready for her to yell. I was, however, not prepared for her to angrily yell, That's my book, and I have been looking for it for 15 years! I'm sure Dr. Elbowpads can explain to you the Freudian black hole that opened up inside my tiny, hypocritical teenage brain. So, along with my own sexual awakening, I was forced to confront a very hard truth. My mom had sex with my dad and enjoyed it. Like a lot. Also, I'm pretty sure the bottle of strawberry-flavored rubbing oil I ate when I was three had not, in fact, been on my mother's nightstand because she liked the way it made her hand smell when she went to sleep. Oh, sweet goddess. But I did eventually come to terms with these facts. Or at least I repressed them enough that I didn't get freaked out every time I had to look at my mom or my dad in the face. So take this lesson, dear listeners. Be explorers. Be seekers. But remember, when you do seek hidden and forbidden knowledge, you may find wondrous treasures. You may also find some truly terrifying truths. Oh, dating. Maybe it really would be better if we could just date ghosts, honestly. This is Andy Reynolds with Andy's Experiments in Dating, number four. Andy's Experiments in Dating, number four. Sitting across the table from me was the lovely ghost from Storyville, wearing a corset with a thin shawl draped over her shoulders and chest. The table was set with two wine glasses, a vase of flowers, and a flickering candle. I've never been to Antoine's before, I said. She smiled and said, it reminds me of old times. The restaurant was rather dark and completely empty, leaving her translucent body glowing in the dim light of the single candle. I didn't really expect to see her again after our last encounter in the swamp, where I had to save lives by having sex with a werewolf nun. There's a, a footnote. Please refer to Andy's experiments in dating number three. <clears throat> her fingers drifted up and down the stem of her wine glass. You haven't touched your wine, she said. I shrugged and looked down at my wrists, which were bound to the arms of my chair with thick rope just as my naked torso was to the back of the chair. Sorry, I said. I guess I'm just a little bit shy today. 
Oh, I think I can help with that, she said, and crawled up onto the table, moving the candle, the vase, and the wine aside. She slowly pulled off the shawl, revealing that her corset stopped just below her exposed breasts. Other than her corset, she wore nothing but a garter belt and thigh-high stockings. As her body gained and released its solidity, I could see through her and through the window behind as people walked to and fro down St. Louis Street. I did not feel under nor overdressed since she left me in only my boxers before tying me up. She sat on the table and swung her legs around, careful not to knock over the wine, then placed her feet carefully in my lap. Had I not been wearing only boxers, perhaps I could have played it cool, but as it was, my erection was more than evident. Her toes pried open my fly and pulled me out as she picked up a wine glass and swirled the wine inside. Dipping two fingers inside the glass, she leaned forward and ran those fingers along my bottom lip. The wine dripped down inside my mouth, its tart dryness sucking the moisture from my tongue. She then pressed those fingers into my mouth, letting the tart sweetness rake itself over my taste buds, filling me with a scent of berries and thick smoke. She splayed her legs out and pushed her feet together, her clasped, her clasped feet like hands praying to some god cooler than mine or yours. <laughs> with, with my erection growing larger between them. Then she pressed her mouth to mine, lips oozing wine, before biting my lip and pulling it with her teeth until it snapped back like a rubber band. We both turned to see dozens of plates floating across the restaurant towards us, carried by disembodied gloved hands. Upon the table they placed plate upon plate of desserts, slices of cheesecake and fudge and pie. She hopped off the table, turned and picked up a plate of chocolate caramel cheesecake, then took a seat on my thighs with her back to me, scooting back until there was nothing between us but her corset and my erection. Then she leaned her head back on my shoulder, looking at me from the corner of her eye as she pushed two wine-stained fingers into the cheesecake, then reached back and pushed them into my mouth. The rich, creamy chocolate and caramel swirled together on my tongue with the remnants of tart wine. When she pulled her fingers from my mouth, I tried biting down on them, but her hand became incorporeal, and my teeth clicked together as she pulled her fingers away. Tisk tisk, she whispered, then pushed them back into the cheesecake this time smearing it over the curve of her shoulder, strings of caramel and chocolate oozing down her back. I quickly licked the falling strings before they could reach her corset. But what about your corset, I asked. You don't want food to get on it. Oh, this old thing, she said. You're so sweet. Actually, I died in this corset, so every day or two it just goes back to being perfect no matter what I do to it. <laughs> it's self-cleaning, self-repairing. A girl couldn't ask for more. Sounds convenient, I said, licking cheesecake from her shoulder as she rocked her ass against me and sucked on her own fingers. It does come in handy, she said, then slid forward and stood up. My hands couldn't help but tried to break free and touch the ass that was hovering there before me, like the apparition of a god that was way hotter than mine or yours. <laughs> she leaned forward, this time opting for the plate of strawberry meringue. She turned around and sat back down on my thighs, facing me, dipping her fingers into the layers of deep red and frost white, then held those fingers above her chest, letting the syrupy strawberry sauce drip over her shoulders and breasts, letting it run down her flesh and soak into the fabric of the corset. 
She scooted forward on my thighs until my erection was pressed up against the part of her which was warm and soaking wet. Taking a bite of the meringue on her fingers, she pushed the rest of it into my mouth. I shivered as the tartness traveled across my tongue, the taste of berries and sweetness swirling together in bliss. This time when I bit down on her fingers, she didn't go incorporeal. She let my teeth sink into her flesh, her head reeling back with a smile. She lifted up towards me, then lowered back down with me inside of her. I did my best in my restrained state to thrust up into her as she slowly and methodically moved back and forth. My teeth let go of her fingers, and she reached behind me, dragging her cake and wine-soaked fingers through my hair, then grabbed a fistful and pulled my head back. She used her other hand to push the bright red strawberry sauce across her breasts, pinching a nipple between two fingers as she writhed on top of me. Smiling, she pulled my mouth to her other nipple, where my teeth clamped down as I sucked at the sweetness it was drenched in. My teeth were like monks praying for a sign from a god that really, really liked to fuck. <laughs> and, that, and that god answered their prayers in the form of moans, which grew increasingly louder by the second. Finally, I let go and said to her, hold on to me. What? she asked. I tipped the chair forward and she gripped onto my shoulders. Then I stood up at a very awkward angle, with the Storyville ghost hanging onto me with all four limbs. Then I lowered her down onto the table full of desserts, a few of the plates falling off the edge to meet their demise. Laughing, she pushed her shoulders back against the table, right into a slice of apple pie and a brownie. And with her legs wrapped around my hips and the back of the chair, ground herself up against me. It was only the third time I've ever had sex in this exact position. On, <laughs> on a table while tied to a chair and standing. And I, and I knew well enough that my back would be fucked the next day. Also, I didn't care. As she rocked harder and harder beneath me, our moans broken only by the occasional shattering of a plate falling from the table, she flickered in and out of solidity like a failing hologram. Her moans became short and sharp as she twisted beneath me, grabbing fistfuls of tablecloth. And when she finally screamed out that unending scream, her body stiffened beneath me. I thrust once, or her, her body stiffening beneath me. I thrust once more into her flickering form and came. Of course, since she was flickering, most of my cum went through her, dousing the smushed apple pie, the brownie, and several other delicacies that had not yet fallen off the edge of the table. I collapsed onto her, my body still at a horribly awkward angle, both of us, both of us heaving and covered in the remnants of various desserts. She was still flickering in and out of existence, and her eyes widened. Sorry, this is embarrassing, she said, looking at her, hands, at her hand as it kept flickering. I like it, I said. No, I'm about to vanish. I guess it's time to go relive some memories from when I was alive. She looked at me as she faded more into the darkness around us, then leaned over and kissed me hard, biting my bottom lip. I'll call you, she said, or something. <laughs> then she was gone, vanished into the darkness of memory. I sighed, wondering vaguely if anyone was watching through the window from the street, also wondering, a little less vaguely, when the staff of Antoine's would be arriving.
And with that, we come to the end of Esoterotica's Sensual Evolution. Remember that it is vital to your health to expand all areas of your life. And to most definitely have a sense of humor about it all. Please join us in two weeks with our theme, Pervertibles and Paraphilia. A paraphilia is experiencing intense sexual arousal from atypical objects, situations, fantasies, behavior, or individuals. But no consensus has ever been reached on the difference between an unusual sexual interest and paraphilia. Who wants to be typical or usual anyway? Let's get weird. From now till then, as we look toward winter, the holidays, transition, and our continued strange state of the world, get creative with your needs and finding solutions to the unusual. Music tonight was Room to Breathe by Ketza. If you're able, please drop a tip in the digital hat. We would all appreciate it. Thank you for listening to Esoterotica. Erotica from New Orleans. As always, a sign-off from our own, Ame San Savant. Other than that, I know we can't wait to see you so very soon, but in the meantime, stay safe, stay sexy, and get fucked! All of our online shows are produced by Jeff Munsterman and Shadow Angelina. Sound recording and mixing by Jeff Munsterman. All rights reserved by the provocateurs of Esoterotica. Esoterotica.